it's one thing to be wanting to make a plan and then like these kind of creating all this friction in your mind to build out the plan and make the plan happen and stick to the plan. And on the one hand, like, that's what I want to do, but also like, it's kind of nice to be like, you know what? I cannot plan. And like, we will see what happens. And like, especially in terms of becoming a parent. This is the Wellstruck podcast, where we talk about what small business ownership is really like. I'm Sarah Zero, the founder of Wellstruck and the facilitator of the Wellstruck community, where small business owners gather to talk shop and exchange fresh perspectives with friends who get it. After years of hearing small business owners talk candidly behind closed doors, the biggest secret I've learned is that we're all just figuring it out as we go. Here on the podcast, I'm interviewing the folks who are down for sharing their stories about the messy middle. Today, I'm chatting with Rachel Side, the founder of Mrs. Brightside. Rachel is a Squarespace web designer who helps her clients foster authentic connections online. She built her first website in 2016 while working full-time for a local nonprofit in Philadelphia. Since then, she learned to code, started her own business, and developed a passion for building genuine connections with new people. Today, she helps nonprofits, small businesses, and solopreneurs build simple, easy-to-use websites that cause chain reactions of joy and growth within their own communities. That is so beautiful. I love this idea of the chain reaction. I'm so excited to have you here. Hello, welcome. And how are you feeling about being here today? I'm great. Feeling very excited and energized. A little bit nervous, but I think I'm going to be okay. If I can just forget that I'm on a podcast and pretend I'm just talking to you. (laughs) Yes, which we have done many times before. So uh, I think that'll happen as we get into it. So before we dive into the meaty business stuff and all those messy bits and the things everybody's eager to hear, I think it really helps for people to get just a little bit of a picture of who you are, personally speaking. So can you just tell us a little bit about you? Um, Yeah, I'm a Squarespace web designer. I'm living in South Philadelphia with my husband. At the time that we're recording this, I'm pregnant. So I'm in a pretty big place of transition and chaos (laughs) and trying to just really appreciate um, all of the great things that are around me and all all of the work I've done to get to this point while also recognizing that I cannot do it all. So (laughs) It's been a a time. (laughs) Or not all at once, maybe. (laughs) Yes, that's a fair way to put it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So um, congratulations. I'm excited for you. And it's fun to see. It's fun to see you going through this, having known you for several years into your business now and seeing you go through this transition. And I think people are going to be interested to hear some of the way you're approaching it. Um. So let's dive in. I know I read your beautiful, tied up in a bow, neat and pretty uh, bio and description of your business. And now I want to hear it just conversationally speaking. What do you do? What problem do you solve? Who do you work with? I help people build either a brand new website or like overhaul website that they already had. And for the most part, I'm working like, you know, um, experienced professionals who are leaving their like job they've had for 30 years and they're ready to start their own consulting business. And these are people who 
obviously have a very niche market of expertise and they also recognize that they just like do not need to learn to build a website. So they work with me, which is great. Um, I also work with a few really small startup nonprofits who have, who are really like in their actual founding years and foundational time. Like the work that I'm doing helps people get off the ground when they have nothing or when they have something really bad that they made on their own and they're like embarrassed to use They're Usually they call me when they get to the point of embarrassment. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Are you embarrassed about your website? (laughs) Yeah. So one of my favorite questions to ask small business owners is, do you know your zone of genius or your, your, your superpower? Some people call it. What is the one thing that you are so good at? It comes naturally to you and it comes so naturally maybe that you haven't even always realized that it's a valuable skill. Do you know what yours is? Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I know what other people like think it would be. And I maybe have like some ideas, but it's not a crystallized concept. And also I think it changes a lot, which is like not... That's how I know I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay, that's that's perfect. Actually, I I want to hear more about it. So, what do you think people would say it is? I think people might say that it's um, I don't know, like information architecture, which is like I know you might know this with your background in design, but it's basically how like information is organized on a website. Um, I think also that people would say it's like strategic thinking or like creative problem solving, like basically thinking outside the box is like my, that's like always been where I'm at naturally. And I can't seem to get it. Can't seem to get my thoughts to be in linear formation, no matter how hard I try. So I think my zone of genius right this instant is that I'm pretty good at communicating all of the things to all of the different people who need to hear it in all these different ways. I think I'm like, I'm able, I'm seeing in my work that I'm able to like manage a project one way with one client, manage a project another way with another client and like sort of toggle my brain in between what all of these people need from me when they need it, when I'm going to get it to them and how I'm going to like fit all of this into an eight hour day. I think, you are definitely onto something. Since I have the privilege of knowing you pretty well, I think that you you do have this really innate ability to see a complex project from um, the high zoomed out vantage point and see how all the people and all the things need to connect together and how you're going to be able to prioritize and put things in order that they need to be done so that you can work efficiently and in this case, get the website launched. You're so good at that. And and you said, I think I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> it's such a hard thing to like stand confidently in, you know, like, especially when it comes to this stuff, because I don't know. I know that I am good at it, but I can't tell you how I do it or I can't really teach it. And that means that it's one of the areas of genius, but like those, that disconnect is hard for me to like sit with. Yeah. That makes sense too. And I think they're related. I think that like my, the, 
the ability to see both like high level and little details of a project is related to like also how I'm able to like organize the information on the website in a way that makes sense and organize information about, you know, due dates and project managements for different people in ways that make sense to each of those individual people. And that includes like projects in my personal life too, you know, trying to figure out how to set up a nursery has like all these steps that I'm following and I need a lot of help because I can't lift things anymore. So like, it's so I'm communicating that project in one way. And then like the email, this email project I'm working on in another way and my own, my own like blog content in another way. It's just really interesting to recognize all the ways I'm like all the things that I'm capable of doing and all the stuff we can accomplish. I think it sounds like you might, you might've found it. You might've figured it out. (laughs) Yeah. The difficult part is explaining to people how you do it or, um, sometimes even seeing the the value of it because when it comes so easily to you, it's like people will pay for this. So did you always know that you were good at this? Has it always been part of what you've leaned into for your professional life? I guess in a way you could say that, but I didn't know it at the time that that's what I was doing. So I like, I mean, depending how far we should go back here, but like I studied religion in college, which is, obviously like not super tactical. Um, (laughs) I like learned how to write. I learned how to think. I learned a lot of interesting stuff about people in different cultural backgrounds and all the ways that they come to the world and how they see problems and how they solve them and how those are different from me and and the way that I was taught and raised. And I just had, that was a really big like time of, of, um, expansion um, and then after college, I like couldn't get a job, obviously, because it was, you know, it was 2012 and I had a liberal arts degree. So <laughs> I ended up at a nonprofit in Philadelphia and I was basically hired to be like the smiley girl at the door at the events. So I would plan happy hours and like all these people would come and I would facilitate community and relationship and the organization, um, you know, sort of was all about engaging Jewish young professionals in like a quote unquote Jewish culture, but really it was just like a bar at a happy hour of it. Like, you know, come if you want kind of thing. Um, and from there, basically I started learning about digital marketing because it was my responsibility to promote the events and I couldn't figure out how. And so (laughs) I learned about digital marketing. And from there I learned about branding and web design and all these tools that you can use to like Eventbrite, which helps you sign up, it helps people sign up for your events. Or I learned about obviously Facebook, but specifically using Facebook for marketing as opposed to just posting pictures of me and my friends, which was like the thing to do in 2012. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I think that like when you look, when I look back on it, I'm like, "Mm -hmm, yes, those are all like ways where I learned how to communicate with different people in different ways. And that kind of translated from the physical to the digital. And then also translated from being like, the peer at events to being the professional who teaches you how to market your own events. But I, I didn't have that plan in mind as I kind of was putting one foot in front of the other all these years in a row. <laughs> uh, I That's super relatable to, to be able to look back and see that like, oh, that makes so much sense. And I am really fascinated at the way that you connected what you're doing now with what you studied in college. 
I would never have been able to imagine that that would evolve that way. And yet it makes so much sense. Yeah, it's definitely like not quite relevant. It directly, you know, like I studied, I took like a bunch of random classes, but in particular, like I took one class that was like how each different world religion like considers death and why some religions have burials and some have cremation and like how that fits into their larger ethos. Like that doesn't really come up when I'm building websites for people. (laughs) (laughs) But it is really interesting to come into a conversation with a client I've never met before and recognize like how they were raised, where they were raised, how that likely impacts the way that they are thinking about, um, you know, for example, trusting me to do this thing that they don't know what it is. They don't really know how it works. They don't know what's entailed. They heard about me. They like think I'm, they like think I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I'm about to ask them for a lot of money to do this thing. And, and you know, there's a certain level of trust that come that they have to have. And having this background in my head allows me to like pitch myself and my work in a way that is relatable to them, that they can understand that it wor- it works. I mean, I think I've, I think it's been working so far. It's so interesting that you actually get to put that to use in two different ways for your clients. You get to actually communicate the value in a way, communicate your value in a way that they see it and understand it and and fully believe in the ways that you will help them. And then also marketing is all about knowing an audience. So for you to be able to look at their information, what they're selling, what they're doing from the perspective of their audience that really sets you up for this marketing skill too. So what happened after that first job at that nonprofit where you started doing marketing for them? What was the next step? We started doing marketing for the events and it was sort of working. Um, But then I learned, I quickly learned about brands um, and like brand design, which, you know, led it's lent itself to, um, I was having all these issues with our website. I was having all these issues, like finding images to use on our Facebook events and like trying to figure out how to invent like a, I didn't know it at the time that I was trying to invent a marketing strategy uh, that like worked and was replicable um, for getting people to come to these events. We had a monthly happy hour. Like it was, it should have been a system that I went through every month. And instead I kind of felt like that every time I sat down to do it, I was like reinventing the wheel. and. so anyway, I learned about, I looked at all this stuff. I learned about branding and digital marketing and web design. And eventually um, the organization I was working for underwent like a strategic plan process. And part of the strategic plan was a rebrand and a new website. And I was just like in the right place at the right time. And I was able to basically have like an apprenticeship with the company that did the rebrand. Um, so I was working on that. And then that company also did the new website. So I was doing that as well. Um, and at the same time I started taking, uh, classes at university of the arts to do like web design to to, like a certification. So I kind of was like, I was working full time. I was doing this apprenticeship, which was like basically part of my work. And then I was also taking these classes. Oh, and I was in, I did like a marketing internship, sort of a very loose and informal thing with a mentor of mine. I kind of just like helped her, um, once a week. And it was, I just learned, it was a big, another like big year of learning and expansion. Like I just was like 
really immersing myself in things I didn't know how to do. Um, I was in, I was very lucky to be introduced to really, really helpful mentors who were, um, you know, helped me get to where I am now. Uh, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, basically that I went through this whole process, the organization launched their new website and their new brand. I stayed on for another year and like executed the marketing strategy that I invented through that process. And then, and then I ended up here. Um, (laughs) Basically after a year, I realized I couldn't grow anymore. I also realized that all of my contacts were these local nonprofits. All of them had really bad digital marketing and really bad brands and just everything was so archaic, but all the nonprofits are so small that they couldn't hire anyone full time. So I was starting to get like some small projects on the side. And then eventually I was just like, let's uh, see what happens here. (laughs) (laughs) So at what point did you shift from working for this company to working for yourself full time? And tell me about that transition. So really my goal was to find a new job. And I looked for a new job for like, six months. I was like applying on the evenings. I was doing, I, okay. So what happened was I was working full-time for the nonprofit. Um, and it was like relative uh, compared to the year before when I was doing all of those internships and apprenticeships and all this extra work, the next year, the last year I was there was like relatively easy. So that part was great, but I had also taken on like my first, basically my first client. Um, so I had a full-time job and then like a part-time job that I did in the evenings. And then on top of that, I was looking for a new job and it was just too much. Like I basically hit, um, it was like the first point in my, in my adult life when I was like, well, something has to give here and I'm not sure what it's going to be. And I don't know how to do it. And so basically job hunting just like didn't happen. I, I did my best, but ultimately I wasn't getting any offers. I wasn't, I wasn't applying for the right jobs. I probably wasn't using the right methods. Like nothing's working. and so. I basically just left my job. You know, the nonprofit had a fiscal year and they had like a pretty transparent conversation with me that was like, are you staying? If you stay for the fiscal year, like you're in for a year or are you leaving next week when the fiscal year ends? And I was like, well, guess I'm leaving next week. So um, that's how my business started. <laughs> uh, to be fair to myself, at least thinking about this now, I gave myself this cushion. Like that extra year at the nonprofit, I, I was looking for new jobs, but I was also doing this like networking challenge with myself. And I went to like, you know, a networking event every single week. I also was like secretly starting to funnel money into a savings account, knowing that I might start my own business and kind of like need the the safety net of figuring out what, what to do and how it's going to work. And so I, I was kind of like chasing for a few years there, I was chasing both worlds. I was like, oh, am I working full time? Am I waiting to get hired? Or am I um, running this business? I'm like kind of standing in this business. So it's been, it's been a tough, (laughs) it's been a tough transition. What a tumultuous time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing that kind of messy part. i think that that's the part that so many people are curious about. Like, how did it begin? How did you make the transition? Some people just dive in without preparation. And it sounds like you actually did have some preparation, even though you weren't sure which direction you went. So fast forward to you were in the beta mastermind that I hosted a few years ago. And you had a moment 
at the beach retreat. Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so the, the, that was for me that weekend, like crystallized this dilemma that I'm like, you know, now years later able to like beautifully articulate. But at the time I really didn't know if I was building a business or if I was waiting to get hired. And, um, especially at that time, like I had just gotten a really interesting proposal from, um, a, like, you know, a local organization that I was really excited about. Uh, they wanted me to work like basically most, they wanted like a heavy part-time position so that assuming that I would become full-time later and like all of that was sounding great. Obviously this was two months before the pandemic. So, um, everything changed, but it was, um, yeah, I mean, someone, someone asked me in that retreat, like you need to, what are you doing? Like you need to make a decision so that then you can know what to do and move forward. Because that, at the time I was feeling so cloudy. I was like, am I doing this? Should I be building this new, should I do this Squarespace thing? Or should I learn how to market myself better? Or should I get a business coach? Like, what should I do? And everyone in the room was like, what are you? No, what are oh you doing? Oh my gosh. First? No, they weren't <laughs> like that. You got it. <laughs> no, in a very, in a very supportive way, <laughs> obviously a very supportive way. But like, that was my takeaway was I, I remember that I wrote that down on my like notes. Like I wrote the question out for myself. And then when we came home, I, um, I gave myself like a trial period. Like I remember being like, okay, I'm going to take the next like three or four months and I'm going to answer this question and I'm going to figure it out. And I like did a lot of, you know, obviously, obviously the pandemic changed everything. Right. And um, in some ways kind of made this decision for me, but getting to that point, it was, it took a lot of, you know, it was messy. Like, no, I didn't know the answer. I had to figure it out. <laughs> so what exactly was the question that you wrote down as best as you can remember? Yeah, the question, the question was like, am I running a business and growing a business or am I waiting for the right full-time opportunity to come my way? And what was your approach for figuring out the answer to that question? Um, I, gosh, who knows? Okay. On the one hand, this, I took, I took the client, the like heavy part-time client. So I basically had, um, my, this like was my primary project for like eight months. And then I had one smaller client that was also a retainer project that was ongoing. And so combined, that was like enough income for me. And I didn't really like push anything else. I didn't, I didn't build any other websites. I would do like small things that came my way, but I wasn't like actively seeking more projects. And so I, I kind of tested like, what would this feel like to be a part of this team and still have a foot in this other team that, you know, I've had, I've been working with for like, you know, years at this point. So it, it feels a little bit more um, runs on autopilot a little bit more, but you know, obviously it's still work. Um, so I, I decided to like test that out and see how it felt, especially at the time that I did that. I had spent like almost a year and a half before in this like, you know, the tumultuous first year of business phase where like had 15 clients at one time. I had eight different payment structures. Like everyone was getting these invoices of Google Docs that I made. Like it was just so, it was, I didn't know at the time. I mean, I didn't know how 
what I was doing. I was like, why would I invest in QuickBooks? I'm, I might not even be running a business. I might just be like getting, I might just be freelancing until I get hired. So all these things were going on in my head. <laughs> um, really the big thing that happened was the pandemic, obviously. And so at that time, the big, the big project I was working on um, became a lot more stressful. It became a lot more hours. It was a team that was just not at all accustomed to remote work and had to like learn how to do that. And it was a team that was not at all equipped for like a digital marketing and communications. You know, their system was not something I was familiar with. And it basically, you know, you remember the time when like in the beginning of the pandemic, um, it became really clear really quickly what systems work and what systems don't and what systems work because systems were breaking under pressure. And so it was like, oh, wow. So I was in a, I was just like immersed in this world of systems that were broken under pressure. And it was horrible. I was trying to, I remember at one point I was doing, um, I did a workout at 9am, like a class. And um, I remember like I had to stop. It was like the first time ever that I couldn't take an hour to do a workout. Like I was just getting too many emergency SOS, putting out fires messages for this client. And then I started, you know, that was when I started being like, this isn't really so fun. It's not really the kind of work I want to be doing. This is not really my, like my soul is not really satisfied. I also started realizing around that time that I was spending a lot of mental energy, like shifting between systems for different clients. So like, you know, for example, I had one client that was using constant contact and another one was in MailChimp. And I just kept catching myself. Like I couldn't figure out, like I knew how to do segments in one of them, but I couldn't figure it out in the other. And it's like, they called them automations in one of them, but it called something else. And like, it was just so hard for me to like figure those things out. And I was wasting so much time and energy that I started, that's when I kind of started formulating like, okay, maybe this is not how I should be running this business, or maybe this is not the best type of work for me to do, even though I can do it, um, might not be right. So that's like sort of when Squarespace started looking a lot more attractive. <laughs> mm, okay. So you went from doing the marketing for these companies to Squarespace. I started looking for a way for me to get paid to do work that was good but work that I didn't have to like figure out every time. That's kind of where I was like, I think Squarespace is where I can do this. Like I had gotten really speedy at Squarespace for, you know, my, my like one client, this client I've had for years, they were on Squarespace and I've been with them since they basically like, since they first started. And so that's where I started realizing like, okay, I'm really fast at Squarespace. I'm really familiar with Squarespace. And I also like have this web design background. And I understand how people use the internet and how people think and how to organize information. And I had been doing website projects all along. It's just that I was doing website projects on top of any other digital marketing project that came my way. So yeah, I mean, I started, I started looking, I was looking at a few other things that I was thinking about maybe um, oh, I forget what else was like serious consideration, but I was thinking about like whether or not I needed to do like a code boot camp, like a, if I needed to like get better at CSS or become a better graphic designer in order to better utilize these tools and create a higher quality product. And ultimately the big project that I was working on at the time during the pandemic 
that was supposed to become a full-time job. But what happened was I still hadn't quite decided, like, am I working full-time or am I, am I waiting for this person, this company to hire me or am I doing freelance work? And what happened was I was, the pandemic obviously changed their like entire income structure. And so they were like, we cannot hire you full-time. Like we would love your help. Still, we have a couple of hours of work that we need, but like the plan of you having, you know, and, and at that time I, w- I had already had just gotten married. So like Drew and I were already trying to figure out how maternity leave would look years ahead of the game. And, um, you know, I was like, well, wouldn't it be really nice to have a job with paid leave policy? Um, and this job was at a summer camp. So it was like very fluid and flexible anyway, because everyone has kids, everyone brings their kids to work. Like it was just so, um, that was so appealing and then I, and, and so in the one, like in one part of my mind, I had kind of like decided that that's what I was doing. And then of course they didn't have the funding. And so it just didn't happen. And I was so disappointed at first, but then eventually I was like, oh, okay, no, I see. This is actually an opportunity. Like I'm going to build this business. Um, so that's that after that is when I started being like, okay, what can I do to make money that doesn't suck all of my mental energy? Like meaning that when I worked, when I work full time or when I have one big client, it takes me a lot of mental energy to do all the stuff that I was like telling you about before, you know, like this thinking about the big picture, thinking about the details, communicating it to how they need to hear it, figuring out all these pieces, wrangling all this content, figuring out how to rewrite it. So it makes sense for the audience that's looking at it on the internet. And then like visually display it in a way that is legible, but also pretty and also like feels right for the brands. Like all of that thinking, I can't, I can't do that and also build the business at the same time. It's too hard. It's too much thinking. I only have so much like, yeah, you're doing the marketing strategy, the marketing execution, researching the software and learning how to use different platforms while you're doing the work and executing it all and the graphics and, and, and the website and the email marketing, like you are a whole, like two departments and this was a client. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So exactly. I mean, that's really what, that's really where that was like a big moment of like a, like a, a breaking time. Like I just realized that I couldn't, it was not sustainable and or if it was sustainable, it was the only thing I could do, which is which which works. If I was working full time for an organization, and then like when I'm not at work, you know, I do my personal, like you know, I do whatever I do in my life. But like when I re- I recognize that when I'm when I'm taking on client work, I do that so that I have the space to do the other things in my life that I also need to do. And you know, that was kind of a conversation that my husband and I had, like when we first started deciding how we might build a life together. Like this was the, this was always kind of the plan that like my job is the one that is fluid and my job is the one that can take a, take a couple weeks off if I need or um, however it works. So I was looking for how to, how to set this whole thing up. And um, yeah, I mean that hearing that that full-time position that was available became unavailable. Like when that moment happened, I was like, Oh, all right. Um, well, <laughs> back to the drawing board. Like, let's figure out a way to make the business work. And so really since then, I've been thinking a lot more about 
being in a place of growing a business and like, I have a business and that's what's going on. It's not just like freelancing for income. Like I'm really thinking about, you know, even now I'm starting to think about growing a team, um, making, having more offers or having different types of offers and expanding and scaling and growing. So it sounds like you made the decision to go from marketing, which is this huge umbrella pare down, strip things away and focus on this one thing for which you could create a system or a process that's repeatable. So it's not stressing you out constantly. It's not depending on several other people all the time. You're not having to reinvent the wheel. This happens for a lot of small business owners that we start with experimenting with lots of different things because we're good at different things and we try out different services. And then it seems like almost everyone reaches this point where they realize I'm going to make the difficult decision to get rid of all these other things that I actually enjoy doing and simplify. So with that in mind, was it hard for you to make the decision to give up on all this other stuff that you had been teaching yourself and learning from mentors? No. Oh, no. I was like ready for this. I mean, I had spent I think I had spent enough time in the trenches that I was like, I'll do anything. Like I'll be, I'll do anything to move forward here. And really, um, I was, I'm still kind of like secretly offering those things and doing those things. I'm not like putting it on my website, but like, if you, I'm going to build a whole website with you. And then like, you're telling me that you send emails in MailChimp and like, I see one of your emails, like, I'm going to offer a project where like I help you with the email templates because they're all related, you know, like, especially when I do a brand, like I do like a, you know, a light brand, let's call it for the people who I'm building a website for. And, and really, again, thinking about these are users that come to me with zero and I'm helping them get to the next step. And so like, it just makes sense. Like I still can do a little bit of of what I call like a light marketing strategy or a light brand design light email marketing. (laughs) My bread and butter is really this like two week Squarespace process that I've honed. Um, But I am able to do all the other stuff or at least educate about the other stuff and then connect my clients to people who can do it better than me. So it it sounds like it was like, was that a conscious decision that like, I'm going to position this as my signature offering to get the clients in the door and then the clients where that need more, I can offer from there, but but don't overwhelm them at first? Or did that just kind of happen? I think it just kind of happened. Like I didn't, in the beginning, I was planning to like just do Squarespace and just do these two week projects. And I was following a template that like plenty of other Squarespace designers use this like, you know, I was thinking, all right, cool. I'll have two clients a month. If I want to take a vacation, I just don't book a client. And it's so easy. It's only two weeks. And it you know, you price it at this point, I can make this much a year. Like I have this many blanks in my calendar to fill. Like it was very linear. Um, you know, actually now I'm realizing that it's obviously not quite that clear and not quite that easy. And lots of other stuff goes into it that I didn't understand or know about. But when I started, I was thinking like, oh, doesn't this sound lovely? Sounds really easy. It sounds like I could make a lot more money for my time, like value wise, as opposed to what I was doing before, which was just like counting hours that I would spend on your constant contact account, like fixing your stuff and then sending you an invoice for those hours and tracking that for like 
12 to 15 additional clients. I think at one point I had up to 18 clients at once. Like I was, it was so messy. So this is just so much more streamlined. And I would imagine that having this process or this signature service means that it's the same client experience or very similar client experience every time, which seems like it would remove a lot of stress for you too. Yeah. It's almost like there, there are like scripts and templates that I can use for every client call and every client email, which is, you know, is not to say that everyone gets like a template version. You know, obviously I am adding the relevant information for this user and you know, some people get a little update about where I'm going this weekend or some, you know, something fun and other people just get the business and that's that. And it, it all depends on all the different factors and variables. But for me, it's been really helpful in just like allowing me to use my like superpower creative energy is getting applied to like my marketing work, my own business marketing work. Like how am I getting the word out to new clients? How am I optimizing my website? How am I going to fill the books for the next couple months? Um, instead of using all that energy to figure out all this stuff for my clients. That is super smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It only took me like five years to figure that out, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you have gotten to a point where you feel like things are pretty streamlined. It feels like you figured out some of these big imbalances, the imbalance of too much stress for too little money. You've come up with a solution that allows you to make more money for things that come more easily to you. And you're creating a good experience for your clients because you have this system or this process that you take them through even though of course it's adjusted each time. That's that. Um, that's what we were talking about at the beginning is your people skills of being able to take the system and adjust it in a way that suits your clients and their needs and their special messaging. So it sounds like that's all like tied up in a neat little pretty bow, <laughs> even though it was a really messy, nonlinear path to get there. So now I would really love to hear about some of the things that you haven't figured out yet, the really vulnerable stuff, because it still feels like the messy middle, you're still in it, you haven't figured it out. So what are you thinking about? What's keeping you up at night? What's on deck? Oh, gosh. Um, okay, so I guess like problem number one is that I need to I need to make it to maternity leave, which means I need to fill the books before July. Um, so that's like the short term issue I'm working on and troubleshooting. And I'm also trying to like, remember that I don't need to put so much pressure on myself, like kind of already doing a lot of work. I'm agreeing to a lot of projects like verbally, even though like I haven't seen the you know, it's not, it hasn't come through all the way. Like no one's setting up a call or doing whatever. They're still working on their end, but like those stuff is coming. Um, so I'm trying to just like be patient and not freak out that it's, you know, right now, middle of March when we're recording this. And like, I have two, I have like one and a half projects left before I have no work and no money. So <laughs> try not to freak out. Um, that's kind of plan, like short-term plan number one. And then the like next hurdle is um, 
obviously, I mean, obviously I have to like learn how to be a parent. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, But after that, when I come back to work, I'm going to be starting almost, it feels like I might be starting from scratch. I think that taking three months off and then just like surprise coming back to work is going to be challenging to, because I know that what that means is that I have to communicate really effectively, really clearly, and really repetitively to my audience that I am back. It's just going to take a while for that to build up. So I kind of have an, have an eye on that being what's happening next, but it doesn't, that doesn't, that's not the challenge. The real challenge is that is like if within the next three years, I'm likely doing this again. And so like, how can I not shut my business down for the whole time that I'm on maternity leave? That's the goal for next time. Um, so I think I would like, I would love to hire someone. That's like, that's the dream version. I've also invented in my mind, like some other possible paths that would lead to the same outcome, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure how that will work. And in fact, I'm, in fact, I'm thinking that it will be much harder to set up, even though like all of those would be like passive income streams, for example, but in order to set them up, I'd have to do so much work up front that I'm not sure that it's worth, I'm not sure it's worth it because I don't know if anyone's going to pay for it. And I don't have the luxury of all that time for testing something. And I just think I'd rather hire some help and keep doing what I'm doing in the way that I know works as long as I could just maintain the, maintain my own marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see how hiring would allow you more time to maybe work on those things that are more product like so that you can scale more. I could see that it's really difficult to find that time right now. So um, if you don't mind, I want to go back for a second to talk about that maternity leave. Um, This is something I'm not familiar with at all, as I do not have children. But I know that a common topic among entrepreneurs, especially women entrepreneurs, is navigating how to start a family, have a family, be a mom, make time for maternity leave. And how do you, essentially, how do you approach, how are you approaching maternity leave when you work for yourself and you're a solopreneur? So you've talked about this three months, but I'm curious, like, how are you making that happen? So um, I did a lot of journaling, (laughs) (laughs) which is for me how I like make sense of the things around me. Um, And I realized that the... I realized that what I needed to do was basically create another safety net. So it's kind of the same thing that I did. um, The same thing I did before I started the business where I saved up, you know, I saved up, I think was four months of expenses before I started the business so that I had a, a, I had a float and I kind of made like a bet on myself that like I would get my feet up under me within four months. And I was right. And within four months, I was making the same amount of money that I was making before. So like that worked. That part was great. Awesome. Um, and now I'm, oh, yeah, now I'm applying the same strategy to maternity leave, except that I'm aiming, I'm saving for six months instead of four months, because my thinking here is that I'll actually be off work for three whole months. And then I will be doing marketing for an additional three months before anyone actually comes in the door. So 
in my experience, I'm thinking that that is a very conservative plan. Like I think I am over saving so that I feel safe enough. Um, and I'm hoping that that will be like worth it in the end. And then I'll have like the exciting bonus of extra money for right now. It's terrible because I'm trying to save so much money that I have no money to spend. So that's also been like a challenge I'm working on right now is like, I want to get my nails done. And for the first time in a long time, I'm like, whew, $60 is a lot right now. <laughs> so <laughs> um, that's always the downside when I go through these phases. But I know that in the end, it will be worth it for my sanity for this bigger picture project, especially during my baby's due in July. So like, I'm going to want to have that's a time of year when like you want it to be slow and I'm going to really like appreciate that happening at that time. I'm also uh, last September, I was toying with the idea of taking off this upcoming September. That was before I even got pregnant. And so um, now I'm excited because that's going to happen. September is just like such a hectic month. I find that I don't, and there's like a million Jewish holidays and all of my clients are like Jewish organizations. So I end up doing like, these quote unquote two week projects, but they take six weeks because like there's so many holidays in the month of September and everyone's got their kids in school and off school. And it's just like, it was such a mess that I was like, I am going to never do this again. And now I'm just going to take off in September and like do other stuff instead. Um, I don't know. That was a, a lot of the time I have these big ideas. <laughs> I bend on my mouth and share, but in reality, who knew, who knows if that was actually going to happen, but yeah, but a lot of um, them seem to seem to come to fruition for you. And if you don't have the idea to begin <laughs> with, um, then it'll never happen. I, like that's, that's what's so cool about all these entrepreneurs I get to meet through Wellstruck is that everybody takes that step back to ask themselves, like, what do I really want? Or what's possible? What what could I structure? Could I take September's off? Nobody else does that. So I shouldn't. But like, why not? Especially, you know, when it's such a central time of year for your holidays. Um, I love that. And why, why not? Why couldn't you? Why not? Yeah. I mean, I like have toyed with lots of iterations of this in the past, like in my, in my, you know, I was, before I was working with summer camp, I like, even before that, I was like, what if I worked at summer camp, like only in the summer? So what if my business did shut down three, three months a year? And I like went and lived in the Poconos and like played soccer or did arts and crafts or whatever it is I wanted to do at summer camp. <laughs> um, I'm always like thinking of random stuff like that. And I think that's kind of, that's some of the best parts of like running your own business is getting to be getting to think outside the box like that and be like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to want to do. And even with maternity leave, like what if I want to take six months off? I have no idea. I have no idea what this is going to be like. I think like I'm planning for three months. I might want six. I might want six weeks, by the way. There's also a world where I go right back to work because I'm bored. So like, I'm not sure what that's going to be like. Um, More and more, I'm realizing that I don't do so hot with sleep deprivation. So I'm not sure that the six week plan is going to happen, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, um, I'm definitely like, I, I have the plan in that I figured out how much money I need and I have set up the automatic transfers, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't have a plan day to day. I have no idea what I'm doing. And by the way, I'm saving all this money and I'm going to have no income in two weeks. It's 
because like I'm done with new clients. Like I have no one in the pipes. So by the way, if anyone is looking to book a new <laughs> website project, now's a good time. Yeah, <laughs> totally. We will get to that soon too. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, having the privilege of knowing you, I know how much of a planner you are. So I feel like it's unusual compared to a lot of business owners that you had the foresight to do this saving before you started your business. And, um, you know, a lot of people talk about doing that, but don't end up really fully doing it. It's kind of cool that you're actually doing it. And then you're doing this again with the maternity leave, which um, I know there are a lot of people who are like, I don't know what the F I'm going to do. Um, is it driving you a little bonkers to not be able to plan for it entirely or are you how's that going it's hard it's really hard um I'm like I'm like really like my like current mantras are about like accepting the chaos and like recognizing that this is a time of transition having patience and like remembering that like this is not forever this feeling that like nothing is settled like I can't even with the house right now, like everything is in every room because I'm just like waiting for all these big pieces to be delivered. It's nuts. Um, yeah, I am a big planner and it's really hard to not plan, but also I also feel in some ways just like a little bit more ahead of the game because I am recognizing that I can't plan. Like it's one thing to be wanting to make a plan and then like these kind of creating all this friction in your mind to build out the plan and make the plan happen and stick to the plan. And on the one hand, like, that's what I want to do, but also like, it's kind of nice to be like, you know what? I cannot plan. And like, we will see what happens. And like, especially in terms of becoming a parent, like I'm like, will this baby need to be rocked all the time? Then we should get a chair that rocks. What this baby might want to be sit standing still all the time, in which case we can get the chair for reading that I would rather get. Like who knows, you know? I can't make that decision until until later. So hard. But it is kind of nice to be like, well, instead I'll just go for a walk. It sounds like know. you're embracing <laughs> it so well. Uh that's great. I mean, it's sort of like a metaphor for business too. It's like you can have a plan, but then unexpected things can happen. A hundred percent. It's completely the same. Like in some ways that has been a really nice perk of running your own, running my own business just means that like all of, there are no things in my life now that I can't just figure out how to solve them in a way that works for me. If I worked, if I had like a, you know, sturdy, rigid job, I wouldn't be able to do that. And now it's like, Next week, I'm going to work from Miami for a couple days because, like, I can. And it's going to be great. Like, there's just so many, you know, obviously, like, making time to get there and making time to pack and, like, all the things I have to do in advance is a little bit stressful. But, like, at the end of the day, like, it's going to be great. Like, there's such fluidity without all realms of my life. It's a little overwhelming, but, like, it's such an opportunity also. You just said it so well. I I think that's so much of small business. It's like, yeah, it's it's stressful and we kind of always feel like we're waiting for the next thing. Like once I launch this project or once I tie up that, once I finish that client or once I hire that one person, like I'm going to have have reached the the tidy part where like and now I can just rest on my laurels and let the business run. But um that never fully happens. <laughs> 
you figure out one thing at a time in this nonlinear path. And it's a mystery. It's a challenge. It's exciting because you can be creative with it. You can dream about someday working at summer camp for three months of the year. Maybe your business goes on and works without you because you have employees at that point. Or maybe people just come to know and that's your thing. Like, hey, part of my values are that I spend this time doing this thing that I love for half the year. And so I only do websites for half the year. So that would be the dream. I mean, who knows if that will really happen. But yeah, I think that's the part. That's like why this is so great. I really appreciate all the vulnerable sharing of the messy bits and figuring it out and hearing the the nuts and bolts of your maternity plan, including the fact that it's um, in flux. Thank you for sharing all that. I appreciate it. And I think people who are listening are going to appreciate it. So to wrap things up, if listeners have heard all this and they're like, ooh, I want that dreamy Squarespace website in two weeks or four weeks, or I know you might be shifting that, but if if people are listening and they want to work with you, what's the best thing they can do to start? Like, What are things that they might need to know even before building their website? So a lot of the stuff I talk about on my prospective client calls is actually just like an explanation and crash course in division of labor on the internet, which just is very varied. You know, um, there are graphic designers, there are brand designers, there are content strategists, there are web designers, there are SEO consultants, there are marketing strategists. All of these people seem like they're just building you a website, but actually that is like very much not how that works. So um, yeah, if you are, if you are feeling overwhelmed and you're one of these people in this boat, you're you know you need a better website, you know you want to show up on Google, you know you want your um, website to look like it aligns with the feeling that you want your customers to have when they engage with you, um, I would love to help you. And, and if I'm not the right person, I'll point you toward someone in my network who is. Because at the end of the day, I just really think it's exciting to help people tell their stories online and like engage with their audiences. And the work that we do helps everyone do better. So like, let's, let's do it. Happy to talk about it. I love that. That's, you said it in such an approachable way. And I feel like that's so true to you. And, you know, me having a design background and branding background too, like, I think it's, I I hate the culture of like intimidation that people have or mystery that people that people in our industry or my my previous industry, your current industry sometimes have of like that like unapproachable, cool, like, oh, it's a mystery. I'll just make it work for you though. Um, and and one of the things I think is so cool about you is that you're so approachable and you'll you're happy to explain things when they seem overwhelming. So if somebody's really confused about like, I don't actually know if what I need is a graphic designer or a brand strategist or a marketing strategist, like that they can come to you and have that conversation and you'll be honest about what it is that they need. Um, I just want people to know that about you because it's something that I love about you. And I know that you're really, really good at and you just love meeting people and talking to people. So if anybody is on the fence about that, they should just go ahead and schedule a call with you. Where can they schedule that call with you? Uh, the easiest way to do that is on my website. You can go to Mrs. Brightside, S-E-I-D.com and um, schedule a chat. 
We can also connect on Instagram. You feel free to slide into my DMs and I'll send you my scheduling link. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Mrs. Brightside. And uh, yeah, I am, I'm like all about it. I'm, I also really believe in, like, I really, I really want my clients in particular to be able to manage their own digital marketing. Like, I think that's really important. It's actually why I like Squarespace and choose to use Squarespace and also like choose to include a Squarespace training as part of my process because I want, not only do I want you to have this like broad understanding of how digital marketing works on the internet, but also like, I don't think that you need to like come to me all the time for like changes. I'm happy to help obviously if you need help with your website, but the concept here is like, after I build this thing for you, like you should, I want you to be able to manage it yourself and it, it should be manageable for you know, if you're running your own business, there's just no need for you to hire me to come and help you all the time. <laughs> right, right. It's a it it's an investment so that they can they don't have to constantly spend more money on every little thing. Great. So I will put those links in the show notes. And if somebody is not quite ready to schedule a call with you, is there another way they can follow along with you or learn more? Yeah, I mean, of course. I actually have a website in a weekend guide available for download on my website. And I outline four really clear, really easy steps that will help you build your own website or update your current website in like as little as one weekend. So um, yeah, head over to my website. Again, that's mrsbrightside.com. And you can download the website in a weekend guide. And then also please let me know if it works for you. I'm always curious here. (laughs) Don't be shy. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's good to talk to you. You're welcome. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for listening to the Wellstruck Podcast, where we talk about what small business ownership is really like so that you can be more confident about the messy process of figuring things out as you go, because that's what we're all doing. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share it with a friend. And if you're a small business owner, join us for a Wellstruck Roundtable you can subscribe to our email list where we share upcoming events at wellstruck.com slash subscribe. And remember, you got this.